not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together right there. Father, thank you. Because this is the day that you have made. And we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. I step back so the anointing of God and the Spirit of God can use me to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to your people. I thank you, Father, that those who are watching are ready to receive, that there will be no distractions, that they're in their homes focused and ready to hear what you have to say to them. And I thank you, Father, because according to your word, you watch over your word to perform it. Therefore, Father, I declare in Jesus' name for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow the word today because the word and signs always follow because Jesus watches over the word to perform it. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you and I glorify you for what you're about to do in the hearts and in the homes of your people. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you right there in your homes. Well, if you're joining us, we are in a series entitled Facing the Giants. And last week our topic was Facing the Giant of Rejection. And today's lesson, I think, will kind of give us a better insight of why rejection works the way it does. And so if you're taking notes, our topic today is facing the giant of your emotions. Facing the giant of your emotions. Our foundational text, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And then we're going to move to Genesis chapter 1, verse 19. But of course, you know how I teach. I teach line upon line and precept upon precept. And so we're going to use other verses throughout the Bible to help us understand in totality as much as possible God's word on this topic. So let me just start out by saying emotions are where we feel things. Uh, our emotions is the epic center that helps us process our senses. I'm going to say that again. Your emotions, my emotions, is the epic center that helps us process our senses or how we feel. Our emotions or our senses, I'm going to be using those words interchangeably, our emotions and our senses are supposed to serve, watch this now, as a gauge to how we feel, but not be the gas pedal to how we feel. In other words, our emotions should be a gauge. It shouldn't be the thing that drives us. And I said this on last week, and I want you to pay attention to it. Our souls are meant to feed us and not to lead us. In other words, here's a take-home statement that I want you to write down. Our souls are designed to feed us information, not to control our destination. 
I'm going to say that again. Touch, your, touch somebody in your family or touch the computer and say, that was good, that was good, that was good. Listen, one more time. Here's your take-home statement. Our souls are designed to feed us information not to control our destination. In other words, listen, you and I cannot be ruled by our emotions. And this is where our lives get off track when we do, when we allow our emotions to lead us. But you may say, well, Pastor Evan, why did God give us emotions? Well, he gave them to us so that we are in touch with our senses or our feelings, which of course ties us now to the earth realm. And this is why, as a believer, you must be well balanced. The Bible says that we are spirit, soul, and body. And so when you're too much spirit, then you're no earthly good. When you're too much earth, you're no heavenly good. You must have a balance. And before we look into God's Word, I want to define the word soul. Because the word soul, that's where our emotions are located. Now, when you look this up, this is a Bible uh, definition. It means now the inner being of thoughts, desires, and emotions. I'm going to say that again. It is the inner thoughts of of our desires and our emotions. The inner being. In other words, it's the core of what we think. It's the core of our desires. It's the core of our emotions. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look into God's Word and see where emotions started. See, this is why I like to teach. The best way to understand something is to go all the way back to the beginning of when it started. Because that will give us a good idea of, number one, when it happened, why it happened, and why God created it. So I only have two points today that I want you to focus on today. So here's the first point, and that is be fed, not led. I'm talking about your emotions. Be fed and not led. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we are about to read the first time now that the English word soul is used. And, and I'm going to read it because, and there's a reason why I'm mentioning that it's the first time that the English word soul was used. So this is what it says in Genesis 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man, watched where he formed him, out of the dust of the ground. And then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, watch this, and man became a living soul. This word soul is the Hebrew word nephesh. Everybody say nephesh. Nephesh. And the only reason I'm telling you that is because this is not the first time that the Bible uses this word nephesh. It's the first time it's used as soul. Because you have to remember, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So the first time the word nephesh was mentioned as the word soul is where we just read it. However, now I'm going to show you a different situation in the Bible where the first time this word soul was used or nephesh was used. So let's look at that. In Genesis now chapter 1 verse 19, it says, And in the evening and the morning was the fourth day. Verse 20. And God said, let the waters, watch this, bring forth abundantly the moving creature. Now listen, class, the word creature there is the same exact Hebrew word nephesh. Or we could say, God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving souls. 
that has life and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. Genesis now chapter 1 verse 21. And God created the great whales. Watch this. And every living creature, there's that word soul again, that's that word nephesh. In other words, he said, God created the great whales and every living soul that moves in the waters and brought forth the bundly after their kind. Watch what else he did. And the, every wing fowl or bird after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Now, now here's, listen, I need to show you one more verse before I say something because what I'm going to say to you is going to be shocking. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 19. Now you've seen so far a couple of things about the word soul. He mentioned it for animals that were created from the water. He also mentioned it from birds that fly. Watch Genesis chapter 2 verse 19. It says, and out of the ground, uh uh-oh, here we go. Where did Adam come from? He came out of the ground. It says, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field. Okay, so that includes pigs and chickens. You know, all the animals we like to eat. God formed them from from the field. And then he says, in every fowl of the air, he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, there's that word soul again. Whatever uh, Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So far now, we can see that the word soul, listen, describes man. It describes the whales. The sea life, the fowls, and the birds. And in Genesis 1, 19 to 20, it describes the animals coming out of the ground. And whatever Adam called these animals, that's what they were called. So listen now. Listen, listen, listen. I'm about to say something. You and I, we were never designed to be led by our souls. And when we do, we're no different from animals. Oh, 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 I'm going to say, let me rewind that one because somebody didn't get it. Here we go. Let's do it again. We were never designed to be led by our souls. And when we do, we are no different from animals. Animals live by instinct only. They live by their senses only. They don't have a spirit. Therefore, they were never made in the image of God. Listen, I know you think Toto went to heaven when he died, but he didn't. Toto's in the ground. He got all right. Animals don't have a spirit. All they have is a soul. And when you and I are led by our souls only, we're no different from animals. Listen, animals can display emotions. I mean, a dog can be nice to you. As long as that owner is around, but you try to come up in that yard and that owner not be around, that dog will go from being nice to being mean, wanting to bite you. Uh, Listen, you better get the stepping up out of there. Why? Why? Because a dog is only reacting from its senses. It's only reacting from that soul piece of him. He doesn't have a spirit. Well, we were never created to live by our senses, but we were created to live by our spirit. As a matter of fact, God used the senses of man To help man see that something was wrong. God designed our souls, our emotions. He designed them to be a gauge. 
And I want to, I want you to see emotions like a, like a smoke detector. Okay. When a smoke detector goes off, you don't cover it up. I hope you don't. I mean, if that smoke detector is going off, you don't just go get a towel and be like, why is this thing making all that noise and try to cover it up? You don't, uh, uh, you don't just get used to the sound. Well, you know what? I don't know what it is. I, I just, I'll just live life with it. No, you don't do that. Why? Because that, 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 that smoke alarm is warning you that something is wrong. And that's what our emotions are designed to, to do. They're not designed to lead us. They're designed to feed us. And, and this is what happens. What happens with most people is when they face emotional things, let's say depression, they try to cover it up. Listen, you can't cover it up just like you can't cover up a smoke detector. Amen. People, when they face loneliness, they try to cover it up. That's an emotion. And so that's why people date unnecessarily. Why? They're trying to cover up an emotional thought or emotional feeling. When people, listen, when they experience some form of emotional pain, they try to cover it up. And that's why people get on drugs. That's why people take, take even, listen, these days you can take legal drugs. Yes, you can, but that does not mean it's really fulfilling its purpose. Most people are on drugs because they're trying to cover up their emotions. And when we experience some form of emotional pain and try to cover it up, we're no different than trying to cover up a smoke alarm. What do you do? You use that alarm and know that something is wrong. So here's a take-home statement that I want to give you. I know this is number two. Here's a take-home statement. When the smoke detector, is, what a smoke detector is to a house, emotions are to the soul. I'm going to say that again. What a smoke detector is to a house, the emotions are to the soul. In other words, your emotions are there as an alarm to let you know something is wrong. Genesis chapter 2 verse 19, I'm going to read it again because I want to make a point. It says, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air. He brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called them, every living creature, there's that word so, that was the name thereof. Verse 20, and Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. Watch this now. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. See, what God did, he had all these animals to line up and march in front of Adam. And he said, Adam, I want you to name these animals. And whatever name you gave them, you give them, Adam, that's what they're going to be called. And so they was coming two by two, two by two, two by two. But see, God was doing something. He was creating a need inside of Adam. So watch this. So God could feel the need. Because if you notice, it said, but for Adam, there was no, not found a help me for him. And so watch what happened. And the Bible says, and the Lord, I'm in verse 21, the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. And then he took one of his ribs, he closed up the flesh thereof. And so listen, God took, he put a need in Adam, but it, watch this now, but he also supplied the need for Adam. See, we're not designed to fill up our own emotions. See, that's when people get in trouble. Amen. God supplied the need for that, that, that space that Adam had. Amen. And so God used the senses of man as a gauge for information, 
not to be used to get to a destination. I'm going to say it again. God used the senses or the emotions of man. He used that as a gauge for information not to be used to get to a destination. And that's the problem. Most people allow their emotions to rule them. That's why people cheat in relationships because they're letting their emotions rule them. Listen, let me tell you something that you may not have thought about. When man died spiritually, okay, he began to live by these senses. Watch this now. Because and, and, and when he died spiritually, because remember God told Adam, the day you eat this fruit, that's the day you're going to die. Well, how did he die? He didn't die physically because Adam lived 900 and something years. So if he didn't die physically, his soul didn't die because that's breath life. What, what area did he die? He died spiritually. So watch this now. Once he died spiritually, man at that point began to live by their soul life or their senses life. So let me show you something. And then once that happened, sin was birthed. And it increased mightily on the earth. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. I'm going to show you now where one of the first instances of emotions came in the life of Adam and Eve. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, this is the snake, this is the devil talking to the woman. Has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, neither touch it, lest you die. Now I want you to see something. Because the devil pulled this woman into the sense realm. He he got her to, watch this, break her focus spiritually. Oh, has God said this? And then he pulled her down into the sense realm. Watch verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat this thereof, then your eyes will be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now let me just throw this at you. Why would they need to eat that to be as gods when they were already created in the image of God? So then verse 6 says, And when the woman saw, wait a minute, let me back up. He says, The day that you eat it, your eyes will be opened, And you shall be as gods, watch this, knowing good and evil. So watch this now. This is why the devil's lies work sometimes. Because it's in a grain or intertwined with some kind of truth. See, at this point, they didn't know what evil was. Everything was good. Remember when God created all of it, he says, and it was very good. So watch verse 6. And when the woman saw, remember now. Our senses is how we see, how we feel, how we touch, how we hear, how we taste. All of those are in the sense realm. So watch this. So when she saw senses, soul, that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes, there we go, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit, she gave it to her husband, they ate it. Watch this. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew they were naked, which means that they didn't know they were naked before because they did not have have what an understanding of what evil was but as soon as they opened up their soul realm and obeyed it evil came in so watch verse 8 and the, they heard the voice of the lord walking in the garden in the tool of the day and adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of god shame 
shame got introduced into the earth realm in the hearts of man because they obeyed their soul. Watch what he says. He says, Adam, where are you? And he says, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Uh Uh-oh, there's another one. Fear is an emotion. It's also a spirit too. But here it is. They didn't know what fear was all about until they opened up their life and, listen, submitted to their emotional state. And verse 11 says, and he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to? So listen, shame and fear was introduced into the hearts of man. Watch this. When they overrode their spirit and listened to their senses of their, or their emotions. Listen, the first murder in the Bible, in fact, the first murder of mankind took place due to an emotion called anger. Okay, I'm going to point something out to you and then I'm going to tell you why I'm saying all this. Genesis chapter 4 verse 3. This was the story about Cain and Abel. I'm only going to read it because I want you to see that this murder that took place took place out of the birthing of an emotion called anger. It says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain, he brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of this first fruit and the fat, and the Lord respected Adam and his offering. But he did not have respect for Cain and his offering. Let's see what happened. And it says that he was very angry. I'm reading out the New King James Version. It says he was very angry. There's an emotion. So here it is now. They died spiritually, and now they are living by the sense realm. They're living by their emotions. And I'm going to show you later that when you and I live by our emotions, if we obey them, if we submit to them, if we live by them, they only take us down a path of destruction. So the Lord said, Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? He said, Cain, if you just did what was right, you would be accepted. And if you don't do well, sin lies at your door and it's desires for you, but you should rule over it. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 8. Now Cain talked with his brother Abel. Now remember, God accepted what Abel did. He did not accept what Cain did. So Cain had a talk with Abel. I don't know what the talk was all about, but I could just imagine with my sanctified mind that they got together and Cain was like, so, so, so are you God's favorite or something? Why did he take yours and he didn't take mine? And I can imagine Abel saying, well, you know what he told us to do, Cain. He told us to bring the first fruit of our increase and give him some fat. You only brought an offering. You decided to not give him the first. And Cain, watch this now. Let's see what happened in verse 9. Well, verse 8. Now Cain talked with his brother and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he did what? He killed him. Anger, murder, out of emotions. And that's why a lot of people in prison today, they let their emotions overtake their spirit. Watch what verse 9 said. The Lord said to Cain, Cain, where is your brother Abel? Watch what Cain's response was. He said, I don't know. I don't know. What? Listen, lying that got introduced. Let's see, if you live in the soul realm, that's why you lying. Uh-huh. 
He says, I don't know. And my, my brother's keeper. Well, can you imagine talking to God like that? Listen, he was like, look, God, I don't know what you're talking about. But at the end of the day, listen, that's your son, not mine. So I shared all of that so we could see. Listen, listen, listen. I shared all of that so we could see that our emotions are unreliable. Our emotions are unreliable. And most of us, that's what we're all about. Feelings. You hurt my feelings. I feel this. I feel that. Listen, feelings are unreliable. So here's point number two as we close this thing down. Point number two. Being led is a choice, not a feeling. Being led is a choice and not a feeling. Sister, the reason God made Adam and Eve in his image, which was spirit, is so that they could follow him. And the purpose of being born again is bigger than you and I just going to heaven, but so that we could hear from heaven, watch this now, and follow heaven's ways. Romans 8 verse 12, this is what it says. Therefore, brethren... You and I, we are debtors. We are in debt. Watch what he says. Not to the flesh, not to the sense realm. You're not in debt to your emotions to live after the flesh. Verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, if you let your emotions rule you, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify or kill the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now, let me remind you of what God told Adam and Eve. Because what he told them in the beginning sounds kind of like that verse. Genesis 2.17, he says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for in the day you eat it, you shall surely die. So when you and I walk in the flesh, when we let how we feel rule us, it's going to lead us down the path of destruction. And so when we, whenever we decide, like Adam and Eve, that we're going to live by our soul, by our emotions, they lead us in the direction of death. And this is why somebody type in there, he's getting ready to come down your street right now. Go on and type it in there. He coming down your street. Here come that man, mama. Oh, yes. Listen, this is why so many marital relationships have died. Because couples choose to live by their emotions. That's dangerous. When you see somebody who looks better than your spouse or somebody else other than your spouse makes you feel better than your spouse, are you supposed to act on that? And so a lot of of, uh, reasons people step outside of marital relationships because they're being led by their soul. You can say what all you want to say. Well, my spouse ain't doing this. My spouse ain't doing that. They ain't got nothing to do with you. Let me tell you something. When we get to heaven... God ain't going to say, well, I understand that you didn't do the word because Susie, your wife, didn't do it. That's not what he's going to say. Amen. Not being led is a choice, not a feeling. Or being led is a choice and not a feeling. So let's finish Romans 8, 8, verse 14. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, watch this, they are sons of God. So you and I will be led the most, watch this now, by the part of us that we fed the most. I'm going to say it again. You and I will be led the most by the part of us that gets fed the most. 
Galatians 6, 8 says, For he that sows to his flesh, watch this, shall of the flesh reap corruption. Let me say it like this. He that feeds his, his flesh, he that sows into his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. The Bible says, But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now let me read the New Living Translation of Galatians 6. I'm going to break this down, then I'm going to close. Watch this now. It says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest, listen, what you plant. In other words, whatever you and I plant is where we're going to get a harvest from. And so if you're always planting seed in your soul, your soul is going to outrule your spirit any day. You can't sit up there and watch as the world turns all day and eat chicken and expect your spirit man to be strong. Those who, who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Watch verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So here's my question. Touch your neighbor. Say, somebody write it in there. Type it in there. Uh, he's about to ask you a question. Here's the question. What are you planting the most of? What are you planting the most of? Are you sowing into your flesh and your emotions? Or are you sowing into the spirit the most? This is why when I teach you all, my goal, listen now, is not to excite you when I'm sowing into you. Because see, watch this. The word must be planted so that understanding is produced, not excitement. In fact, the word is only received, listen, if it's received emotionally, then the enemy can come and take it. Watch this, because emotions are not stable enough to keep the word planted. Oh, y'all didn't get that, did you? I said the enemy will come and take the word. Listen, if it's planted in emotions, he will come and take that because our emotions are not stable enough to keep the word planted. So let's close in Mark chapter 4. We're going to close in Mark chapter 4. This is in verse 14. I'm going to show you why I teach. I'm going to show you why my goal, watch this, is understanding and not excitement. It says now, the sower sows the word. And then these are days by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they heard, watch this now, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, watch this now, immediately they receive it with gladness. That's an emotion. Oh, I'm happy. Oh, oh, I feel good. Da, 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 da. I went to church. Da, 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 da. They received it with gladness. Well, watch this. Because I told you something. I said, emotions are not stable enough for the word to get planted. Watch what it says. And they have no root in themselves. But, but endure for a time. And then afterwards when affliction or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. That's down emotion. 
Watch verse 18. And these are they which sown on thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this word, world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things come in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And then these are they which are sown on good ground. Watch this. They hear the word, and they receive it, and they bring forth 36 and 100 fold. So listen, we must sow the word into our hearts to be led by the word. You must sow the word to be led by the word. But if we sow into our flesh, we will reap negative consequences. In other words, here's my second point. Being led is a choice and not a feeling. So how do we apply what I just gave you? How do we do that? Here's step number one. You must decide today. I'm talking to somebody. Because see, this week, you and your husband fought like cats and dogs. Because of feelings. No, no, no. You must decide today to be informed by your emotions, not be infected by them. I'm going to say it again. Today, you must decide that you're going to be informed by your emotions. In other words, let them be that alarm system to tell you something is wrong, but don't be infected by them. In other words, let me say it like this. Just because the coronavirus is outside, don't let it in. See, when you let your emotions infect you, that means now they're going to control you. And when they control you, you're going to say things and you're going to do things that you didn't mean and that you didn't want to say, but you did it because you was flowing in your feelings. And listen, your feelings are going to lead you down the path of destruction. So that when that happens, see, when you get infected, you go to the doctor, what they do? They, they examine you and then they, they give you some kind of antibiotic, something to counteract that infection. And so this now leads me to uh, application point number two, and that is we need to feed our emotions the word so that it will cooperate with our spirit. I'm going to say that again. We must feed our emotions the word. So that it will cooperate with our spirit. Romans 12, 1 and 2, we all know the verse. It says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Watch verse 2. He says, and be not conformed to the world, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your soul, renewing of your mind. And when you do that, you'll be able to prove what's good and what's acceptable and what the perfect will of God is. Do you know you can renew your mind? to the point that your mind will know what the will of God is for your life. Oh, listen, some, your spirit don't have to tell you that dude is the wrong dude for you. Your soul will tell you, girl, girl, run, run. Why? Because your soul has been renewed by the word and now it can cooperate with your spirit. And then here's number three as we close. We must monitor our emotions and let it be the gauge and not a thermostat. I'm going to say that again. We must monitor our emotions so that our emotions become a gauge but not a thermostat. See, a gauge tells us where things are. You know, how much gas you got in your tank. But a thermostat, watch this now, controls the temperature. 
See, when your senses or your emotions are riling up, you got to put them in place. And so next week, because I think this is going to be a part two message, next week I'm going to show you because what happens now when you operate in the sense realm too much, now the sense realm or your emotions, watch this now, becomes a stronghold. It becomes a strong. Listen, not an addiction. See, addiction is physical. But when you say stronghold, that's spiritual. That controls the physical. And so I think I'm going to make this into part two. So I hope you got the word right there where you are with your heads bowed. Father, in Jesus' name, we receive the word. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that everyone that was listening will make a decision today. I am not going to live by how I feel. I am going to live by God's word. I'm going to live by what I believe. And Father, I thank you that the word has been sown on good ground. And Father, we surrender. I want you to take your emotions and I want you to surrender them to God right now. Father, we surrender how we feel. And we ask you to help us to use it as a gauge so that your word can make the corrections in our hearts for us to live the abundant life Jesus died for us to have. And so we thank you for the word today in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, and if you are a believer, I want you to be praying because somebody watched me all the way to the end. Here's my